With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing students in Athens TV into virtual learning, we tried to figure out how can we make this class experience better when you can't be doing video production on a daily basis. And the solution we came up with was guest speakers. Today we are joined by Andy Hones, a recent grad from Michigan State University who is now working as a freelance editor in the film industry. Can you talk a little bit about your experience? I'm sure Michigan State University is a school that's on the radar of many students in this room, or really anyone in the state of Michigan. Talk a little bit about your experience at MSU um, within your field and your major and what you got out of it. Yeah, so I graduated in 20, God, the days are blending together, 2019. I guess that'd be two years ago. Um yeah, they. I was in the media information program in the film minor, so a lot of. It's weird. The programs are sort of split between the English department and the communications department. So a lot of your hands-on broadcast video stuff is going to be in the media major, and then uh, a lot of the kind of open-ended project-based stuff is going to be in the film minor. Um, and then did yeah, you get to work in that new that spanking new studio that they put in there? Was that part of your? They were actually they were finishing that up right about as I was graduating. Oh no! So a, a lot of that was uh, I was friends with a lot of journalism students mm-hmm. and they did a lot of work in there. Uh, but for the most part, we that same building has these two big uh, kind of green room studios in the mm-hmm. back. So I was mostly working in there. Nice. Yeah, we were there. I guess probably at the time you maybe your senior year. Um, mm. I can't remember if it was just opened or they were just like get. It was brand new and it was it was. All, I yeah. mean, it looks like something right out of CNN. It's really cool. No, it was. I, they were really showing it off those first couple of years. Yeah, and I mean, full full disclosure, I am a U of M grad, but that uh, setup they've got there at State, if you're at all into, especially journalism, I would say, mm. um, it's kind of like. I mean, you can go to any school you want, but in Michigan, that is like a really strong communication and journalism program, which I'm sorry, you're right. the one that should be filling us in on, on how strong oh, right. that is. So what, what kinds of projects yeah. do you do uh, when you're in one of those green rooms? Like what, what's a typical college project that you would be assigned? So probably, I mean, probably the most helpful class in the media program would be there. There's an advanced lighting class that Brian Cush teaches, uh, usually uh, juniors and seniors. And that's a lot of, you know, there's this whole uh, supply in there of lighting equipment and, you know, just basic grip equipment. And you basically, he'll just uh, show you a handful of lighting setups and then he'll just kind of turn you loose and say, okay, recreate this. And then you have like three hours or so to just kind of fine tune everything. And it's, that that's one of the things that I liked about the program. There's just, there's so much at your disposal. There's so much uh, to take advantage of while you're there. A lot of free grip equipment, you know, things you can just rent out, like uh, a lot of great uh camera stuff you can take out they have a lot of sony like mirrorless bodies and a lot of stuff it'd be hard to get your hands on otherwise yeah that's something we've always tried to provide here i think we do a good job of it but lighting Mm -hmm. is just we actually got like our very first lights there one's over behind me small like led but it's that's hard like do you have a lot of lighting experience do you have any recommendations of how if we really have one LED light or maybe just your phone light, like how can they get light to work for them when they're making a project? 
I mean, I've I've been in a lot of situations where I'm stuck. To, I actually might have used that exact that LED panel mm-hmm. light. There's, yeah, there's just a million of those yeah. at uh, state. So I mean, usually, most of the time when you need stuff like that, it's already rented out like months in advance. So you're stuck with stuff like that. So you just kind of learn to make do with that and just kind of MacGyver it into <laughs> something that works for you. Yeah, and it's, it's, it really is nice to learn it that way. I think mm-hmm. before you get to the, get to the good stuff or get to sign right. it out first months in advance. Um, Cause it really gives you that background and what you're actually looking for. And just looking at like your bio and stuff yesterday and you, you know, you've got some really cool experience, but a lot of it recently you're, you're kind of on, on your own. You're, you're a freelancer what, is, yeah. what does that mean to freelance and what are some of the benefits? What are some of the challenges of really having to advocate for yourself in this field? Well, some of that more recently is just because of how, you know, everything's, you know, COVID and all that, everything that's going on. I was um, the first few months out of graduation, I was just kind of hopping around LA. I did some PA work at a post-production house. The It's the one that works on like Riverdale and, uh, all those DC CW shows. So mm-hmm. I was basically, it was stuff that wasn't super relevant to, you know, post or hands-on post-production or like uh, production. It was mainly just kind of assisting with uh, edit bay setup and things like that. But, you know, that was, I did that for a few months and then ended up uh, editing for uh, Chegg up in uh, San Jose for a bit. So I was there for a few months and then that kind of all uh, they got nervous about taking on contractors once ever, all the lockdowns started happening. Mm-hmm. And so f- since then, I've been taking uh, a lot of different contract uh, gigs, um, basically just project based edit uh, stuff for different. Uh, how would I? It, it's a variety of clients. Uh, some of it is like uh, e-commerce, you know, just editing ads for, you know, sites and things like that. And some of it is more, a lot of sports media stuff since I worked for uh, MSU football and Yeah, that was definitely something I think we'll want to get into. Um, probably like on your, on your CV, your resume, the thing that would be most inspiring to our audience. You were a videographer for the MSU football team. So, mm-hmm. In my in my eyes, that's something that no matter where you go to school, it's going to be decently accessible to students. Maybe mm-hmm. not with the football team, but there's probably not many teams out there that are going to turn down help, even if it's just volunteer right. work, to be uh, recording for them. So, what can you just talk about? What was it like to be a part of that team? I mean, a Big Ten football program, and just probably having an impact on what you're actually going to see on the field. What was it like to be a videographer and would you recommend that for anyone if they're interested in sports or video? It's, um, it's kind of funny how it worked out. I, uh, my freshman year, I was working for the communications department. So I was just doing like really basic, you know, uh, ad campaign stuff for MSU as a whole. And then that sort of transitioned. I learned of an opening with the uh, football video team. And so uh, it was an interesting like onboarding process. Basically, it was my sophomore year that I first got into that. So basically what happens is they take a group because it's really fast paced and you mm-hmm. kind of have to be on top of things. They take a group of guys and they basically uh, for a few pr- spring practices, they'll just have you all shoot and you're, you know, you're linked up on a headset the whole time with the manager and he's telling you what to shoot. 
and it's kind of, you know, the coaches might adjust something midway through practice. So you, what you have on your schedule might not totally match up. So they just kind of throw you into the fire right away. And then after a few weeks, they kind of narrow it down to, okay, uh, you messed up the least. Let's <laughs> keep you on wow. stuff like that. And so there is a, there's a pretty big learning curve when you're part of a program that big, but I mean, you're around a bunch of people who have been doing it for 15 years and, it feels like a very different kind of pressure in that atmosphere mm -hmm. than like the creative because they, I mean, they need it. Like, right. If you're Mark D'Antonio, I mean, he, he was able to retire, but some coaches, their, their job is going to be on the line yeah. all the time. And you, I imagine there's that stress that probably might leak back to you or other coaches. Are they? That's funny. You bring up uh, D'Antonio. One of my first days, I was shooting a drill. I, there was a guy over my shoulder kind of showing me how to shoot it. And I completely, I was shooting entirely the wrong thing. <laughs> and uh, I see D'Antonio whisper something to one of the assistant coaches. And then the manager comes on the mic. He goes, hey, make sure Andy got that. D'Antonio wants to look at that. Wow. All right. So, <laughs> I never heard about that after. I don't know who got the fallout from that. And but. how fat, like when he said, all right, I want to look at that. Like what's the turnaround? Like, so you, you're at practice. How, how quickly are they expecting to be able to see those things that he so said, make a note that I want it. He won't um, look at stuff till look at everything till after, but we did have a system to get stuff logged in. Uh, really quickly basically we're up in those scissor lifts mm -hmm. for most of practice like shooting down uh, so we can get everyone and we would have these hollowed out tennis balls mm -hmm. and we would every say there's like 15 periods in a practice every five periods we'll take our sd card out and put it in one of the tennis balls and throw it down to our manager <laughs> wow. and he'll run it in and log it all so that he by the end of practice he's pretty much done that's awesome yeah you gotta gotta yeah. be need the speed and it's amazing how that just how much video in sports has grown like oh, i feel yeah. like even at the beginning of this century it was still wild to think i mean football you've kind of always had tape but every mm. just the number of breakdowns they can have and it's incredible did you ever feel like you started to know really well like when you'd watch the games then what was coming what you were looking for like were you able to point out who was oh man 53 that was you yeah. just blew that probably about I worked one preseason and two full seasons and probably about halfway through that first season, you start to kind of pick up on like Kenny Willekes was a guy we liked to watch a lot. We're, we'd keep an eye on him because he would do stuff like pick up the tight end and throw him at the quarterback and count it as a sack. Like, so we're all, we're all waiting for stuff like that. Yeah. Once got, we got to know the guys a little bit. It's got, yeah, it's gotta be a cool way to get to know the program and see it. Otherwise mm -hmm. do you, um, you know, is there, do you, can you get too close to it? Did it did it disrupt you as a fan, or did you enjoy um, in any way? Just look at it differently. I think you just got more invested. So you know, if you had a big week, you know, if you as a spectator, you're like, oh, we're playing Michigan this week. Oh, we lost, and then you just kind of move mm -hmm. on. But that that impacts like if you're working for the team, that impacts. You know, what bowl game are we going to? Yeah. Are we traveling at the end of the season? Like stuff like that. Yeah, and you got to so go along with you all those. To, the team's success is really kind of how your paycheck is going to look for yeah. the rest of the year. Did you get to go along with the the different bowl games and away games? In 2018, I went to the that Redbox Bowl game in Santa Clara that we ended up losing by like one point. Mm -hmm. So that was 
I mean, that was, it was fun. The trip was fun. Right. But, hey, that's that's what the yeah. bowl game's all about. I've been yeah. to the Rose Bowl twice, and it was a loss both times, and it was yeah. it's still fun to go. But yeah, you know, it's funny the um, Levi Stadium where we had that game. Like probably six months later, I ended up working for Chegg, like a block away from that. <laughs> How about that small world? <laughs> yeah. Do you, did and what were what would be like? What would be the punishment for you? I feel like it'd be worse than just getting fired if you started mm-hmm. leaking things that were happening or, you know, maybe you weren't even oh, intentionally yeah, trying imagine. to do it to to affect the team, but you, you know, oh, I got all this inside scoop yeah. and I want to share it with a friend. Like, what were the rules surrounding the secrecy? Luckily, none of us found out yeah. what <laughs> would happen, uh, but it was, I mean especially during Michigan week. Uh, it's like no outsiders in the building. Like it's total lockdown. Like you, yeah, they really, they made it clear right away. Just like nothing gets out Yeah. as far as, you know, play like scheming and uh, play what players are going to be sick and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, yeah, I, 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 something I wish would have been around more when I was in, in school because I, I think mm-hmm. it would have been fun, even with any team, just to kind of be a part of it. So that's awesome. I've heard, and I have a friend who did the same thing for Michigan's program, and I heard good things about that too. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, you get to be part of the team, really. Like, yeah. you feel like you're contributing to something, and I guess that's the best, that's the most excited I get about filmmaking, whether it's helping out a charity or, or a team, you feel like you're contributing to something bigger. Um, right. But like, what are your passion projects then? What would, what do you devote your time to in film when maybe you're not getting paid for it, or you know some of that creative work mm-hmm. that I had seen through the different awards channels? Um, what's what's your ideal project to be working on? Well, it's funny. Um, a lot of the the people. So I interned at Traverse City Film Fest during oh, nice. college, which yeah, highly highly recommend that. If a lot of colleges offer kind it's, of a MSU and U of M have ties to that. Yeah. So it's it's like an Athens TV can, goal to have someone yeah. in the Traverse City Film Fest one day. And I, th- I, I thought we were going to come close this year, but they didn't run it. But we had this, we were uh, like actually talking to people. We had this project about yeah. the, this fish, the Arctic grayling. And I don't know, but it's it's awesome. Yeah. If you're ever, I, but, I agree. You're the one that worked there. So you tell us how awesome it is. But I, as someone who's been there, because it's in Michigan, yeah. you know, and it's, just a great destination, but what's it like to be a part of the festival? And it's nice because they, I mean, they, there's obviously video positions. So people in my program, you know, there, I worked with a ton of people who some I went to high school with and some, or not high school, uh, college, some I went to college with and some from U of M, but those are kind of the people that I still collaborate with on outside projects. It's, it's good kind of early to work with as many people as you can and just kind of figure out who you gel with and just kind of keep those people around, so to speak. Like a lot of the stuff you saw on my site, that's the same core group of like four people mm-hmm. and most of them I met there. So that's, that was huge really. Cause I mean, the, if you're in a film program like that in college on paper, most of that is stuff you can learn online. But right. the big thing is just getting one, getting a group of, you know, people who you can kind of reliably uh, work with and help out on their stuff. And then just kind of having all that free time and resources to just make as much bad stuff as you want so that you can figure out how to, you know, improve. Yeah, it's so true. Just 
everything is online. And the question that I always get from students that are interested is, should, you know, should I go to film school? Should I go to a university? Should I go anywhere at all? And it's mm -hmm. a lot of it is just how much are you willing to put in on your own? But the big mm -hmm. piece that the colleges or the film school can add is that network. So mm -hmm. you better have a way to meet people in the, in this industry otherwise, because that's, that's the big up that you get from going to a university. Yeah. And just having four years to just free reign, right. uh, knock out whatever you want without yep. any, or work with the football the team most or time or that you just, can do that. Yeah. Just, did you have any other opportunities? Like I saw some internships, like where were some places that you were interning and regardless of what we want to go into um, here in this class, internships are on everyone's radar. So you talked about the Traverse City Film Fest. Um, I think I saw you worked out the at spring at Adult after that, Swim. I was at Adult Swim for a little bit. Yeah, doing, so how how do you even go about getting your foot in that door? Like how many resumes are you sending out? Or yeah. do you know someone who knows someone? Like what opened the door for you to get in there? I had applied to that one a couple. Um, I think I applied to that one like the previous spring and then the fall before that probably. And so it was my sophomore year, I did uh, TCFF in the summer. And then the next fall, I applied to the Adult Swim post-production internship. So basically, they have a lot of live stuff on their site. Um, and it's the internship, the post-production one is run by the guy who is a producer for a lot of the live shows and a couple of the cable shows. So I just applied and I had, um, at that point, I had uh, MSU football, MSU communications and TCFF on my resume and as well as, you know, stuff I'd done outside of work on my portfolio. And it was really the portfolio stuff that caught uh, the producer's eye. And so he reached back. So that's another thing, just early as you can, just keep getting, you know, stuff on that portfolio. Mm -hmm. And he, yeah, he reached out. I ended up going there that spring and I was basically editing segments for their live shows, like pre-recorded segments. And then occasionally they would need help on like some of the cable shows he was producing. I did like a bit voice part on one uh, show that he was doing. <laughs> and it's really, it's such a small office environment there. It's like maybe it's less than a hundred people wow. for sure in Atlanta in the headquarters because they do a lot of their production is out of Burbank. Mm -hmm. So that studio is a lot bigger, but the Atlanta headquarters is just kind of the core team and the live team. And so they depend. It's really, you get stuff thrown on your plate if you're up for it, really. It's just kind of such a kind of informal atmosphere that you're given opportunity to just get your hands on a lot of different stuff. But then that, you know, it's the three jobs I had before that and like the internship kind of got me in the door there. And then once you build up enough credits like that, you pretty much you'll have a lot easier time uh, near the end of grad or of undergrad and like postgrad to kind of get your foot in somewhere else. Yeah. Now, did you find we've every, everyone from the Midwest that has gone out to California has relayed this story that mm -hmm. you got out there. And you were just kind of a nice person and yeah. you seem like a really nice guy and you're here helping us and that's great. But <laughs> they're all astounded because everyone's like, oh, I knew they were from the Midwest because they're nice. And just that kind of got them somewhere. So like by virtue of yeah. being from Michigan 
or uh, you, it's like this soft skill that you never knew you had. Yeah. Did you find that and when I you were I guess we have a reputation of being hardworking, which I didn't right. know. Hard wor- nice and yeah. hardworking. Yeah. And the way they explain it is like in California, the film industry is kind of like the auto industry here. Like just everyone's kind of tied mm. to it in some way. So they're just a lot of nepotism and not a nepotism. Kind of, you're already there. Yeah. And, and it's like refreshing. So I've, I'm always excited to learn that this random skill in my, in my toolbox, I never knew I had. And mm-hmm. I'm glad it continues to be true. Like that's. And I didn't know I had an accent till I got right. <laughs> They, and yeah, even when I'm there and I'm talking, I still don't know that I have an accent. I guess I feel like a British person when they're like, oh, my gosh, like, no, this, yeah. you, you sound exactly the same to me as what I say to the people in California. Like, no, it's different. Like, all right. I, uh, I've got a friend, a friend I interned with at Adult Swim who's from Louisiana. And uh, he, I was talking to him the other day and he did a uh, Gretchen Whitmer imitation. And I was like, she, does she sound like that? And I went back and I'm like, oh, she does. I didn't. <laughs> She just kind of sounds like a normal person to me. Yeah, we're just. But I guess she has like a really strong Midwestern. (laughs) Uh, So what's what's next? I know COVID has changed things, but you know, in a year or five years, what do you hope to keep working on or or getting to in Mm. in this? Well, I'm wrapping. uh, I know you talked with Mallory, another one of Andrea's friends. Uh, She's she's on the schedule, and she's part of your crew, right? Because I saw I see Mm -hmm. the same uh, uh, video on both websites, and I always remember that um, one from. I interned uh, with her at TCFF, and uh, so she's been producer on pretty much everything I've worked on since then. Um, Yeah, she um, she and I are wrapping on something right now. We're just kind of working out audio mixing, and uh, we shot it kind of over. July everyone was back in Michigan so we were like oh we have a lot of free time let's do some shooting and uh yeah we're wrapping audio mix on that uh waiting on a guy to finish up a score he's doing for it and then um so that's on hold right now I'm just working remote doing uh just kind of contract a couple contract gigs after hours but I'm full-time doing Facebook ads for some Mm e-commerce companies and uh yeah, I don't know. I would like to. I, I, I liked LA, just the West Side. Any everything else, I wasn't a big fan of. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's. I'm gonna have to decide. I have a lot of friends on the East Coast, but I have family on uh, the West Coast, so we'll have to see. But now that I'm remote indefinitely, it's nice yeah. to kind of have that so, option. So when you wrap this video with Mallory, like a, a short film. Yep. Yeah. So like what. A question I always have is like, what's the point of that? Like, why why take the time to do it? You know, you're you're working, and I know it's like a hobby; it's enjoyable. But what what's your plan to do when it wraps? Like, how do you go about releasing it? Are you going to try to get it to different festivals? And if so, like, what what are your goals with that film? Why, if it's not if it's more than just a passion project, why make it in the first mm-hmm. place? What do you hope to get out of it? Well, it's funny. A lot of fests are going totally online, at least for this year. Yeah. I know TCFF was one of them that didn't uh, do that. They all just kind of took it. We actually shot at the state theater up there. We I got in touch with an old manager um, and he let us in and I was talking to him and he said, yeah, we're all kind of grateful for the year off <laughs> this year. But yeah, we had decent um, fest success with our last short. And so we're hoping to just kind of recapture that because we got pretty much the whole team that we had on that one all in one place. Uh, the lead in that short is based out of New York right now, but she happened to be back for the month. And so we were all like, oh, let's just knock this out while we're all mm. here. And 
really it just yeah it just comes down to like i said with being in a college film program you just want to jump on those opportunities to make as much stuff to add to your portfolio as you can and you know hopefully this does well at fest and from there we can just we try to just get it off when we wrap on something we try to just get it off to the fest and just immediately jump on to the next thing Mm -hmm. and we've noticed our the scale is just keeps getting bigger with each project so we're just trying to keep that momentum going yeah so we um especially our our stronger projects that are more suitable for festivals we will always try to submit anywhere because that's the benefit you've probably experienced of being a student right there's the mm. student category in these festivals yeah. and it's often mm. free and if with film freeway you got nothing to lose why not right so with the i mean i was looking the other day at film freeway and it's like, oh my God, we we made over 1,100 submissions with different projects. Like, it's kind of a problem, right? And there's just so many festivals out there. And I know Traverse City's great, but do you have, um, maybe even from your student days, a particular favorite festival or um, competition that you've enjoyed entering that you could recommend? Let me actually, let me log into my film freeway because there were a few. Actually, I can probably just look at the thumbnail of... uh, Yeah, one thing we've tried to do more and more that you've probably been smarter about is actually going to the festival. Like, it's Mm. kind of pointless. I mean, it's cool to, like, get the laurel from something overseas, but it's also, like, you know, what's what's the point? Because you're... If you're not going to go, there is definitely a benefit in going and yeah, that the networking. local stuff really. I mean, definitely make that as much as you can. Uh, it's I know it's I've had stuff play at you know fest, free festivals in Montana and yeah. stuff like that, and it's like you know I'm it's cool that it played there, but you know it plays you never hear about it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Capital City Film Fest is great. They usually have a student category. Mm-hmm um east lansing film fest another great one um cinetopia in yep. detroit that's a that one's a I, not it's a bigger festival but it's smaller um kind of acceptance rate and i don't yeah. think they have a student category or at least they they, u- they used to they've kind of gotten away from it though yeah there's a yeah definitely if you go on film freeway and filter like detroit festivals there's mm. a ton um probably a lot of student stuff too yeah, and there's I just it's it's such a great resource because there's so much variety and right. you you can really see you might have this great film idea that, you know, I don't like and Andy doesn't like and some but there's oh my god there's an entire festival for it. So of course do your do your 30 second horror film right. that has to include a knife or something like Yeah. It's it's just cool to find those different communities and mm. that's what I love about the festival circuit. Um Yeah. Has, has a particular festival ever directly launched you to something better? There's been a great prize associated with mm-hmm. it, or is even just being a selection been enough? The uh, It's funny, the BFI, uh, Future Fest, which is sort of yeah. geared towards students, that's definitely one. Um, I think it's mainly college students, I think, who they're looking at. But, I mean, keep, definitely keep your eye on that one, BFI Future. Uh, that one, I mean, that laurel just looks good. Yeah, have that BFI logo. <laughs> That's definitely gotten us attention from uh, a couple fests. Um, the people, the Cinetopia people in Detroit were really good about, uh, you know, networking and kind of setting up events for our, the accepted uh, filmmakers. Nice. Um, yeah, Capital City was great. Um, Mallory and I attended that one and they were, you know, great to us. We got into a lot of screenings too. So that's a great way to 
you know, get your foot in the door places. We actually, uh, Cinetopia was great about that too. Like the met, we met a lot of local uh, filmmakers there and that we still kind of keep in touch with. Nice. Well, yeah, it's all, it's all about networking. Well, thank you, Andy, for visiting with us. Um, yeah, no problem. I mean, you're like a year, two years out of college. You've already done all these, like just a wide variety of stuff. It's really cool to hear about from Spartan football to adult swim to Facebook ads, yeah, festivals, the dream. It's really cool, but you got, you got to pay the bill somehow. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really cool. All the different things that you've been able to kind of dabble in and I hope the next mm. steps are COVID free, pandemic yeah. free, shutdown free, and um, we can kind of get back to normal, but thanks so much for answering the call of a, of a friend of an old friend. So we really appreciate yeah, no you problem. coming in. Yeah. Nice. Have a good day, everyone. Have a good one.